You're listening to the Right Ordered Life Podcast, episode number 35. Our words have a profound impact on how we feel and the way we show up each day. Our words are influencing other people and who they become. And yet, we're mostly in the dark, unaware of the superpower we have and our choice to use it. So let's turn on the lights and harness the power of your words so you can feel good, do more, and be more like Christ. That's coming up. I'm Stacy Santiago, and I'm here because I see you. If you're hearing my voice right now, chances are you're disappointed, grumpy, and honestly sick and tired of not having the time and energy to do it all. Here's the deal. I know that most days it feels too hard to be a good mom who successfully keeps her family and job going. It's normal to feel this way. I've been exactly where you are. As a board certified coach and licensed professional counselor, I've helped hundreds of clients connect with God, be happy at home, and do meaningful work without running out of time or energy. When you tune in each week, you're going to learn proven tools to live a right ordered life of faith, family, and purpose that you want to wake up to each day. Do you ever notice that certain words run on autopilot in your mind? This happens when you think and say the same words over and over to the point where you're hardly aware of them anymore. For me, I catch myself thinking and saying, I'm tired and I need a rest. This one sneaks up on me. I should be doing more. We also have habitual replies. That's when someone asks you how you're doing and you say, okay, I'm fine, or I'm making it. Bland little words that drain your energy and ignore the blessings in your life. And that's just the surface. When I look deeper and I'm honest, I hear the negative words I use when I'm frustrated. I've come quite a long way with curbing my use of curse words, but I admit I still say things to my family like, what's wrong with you? And leave me alone. Not pretty stuff. And still, that's not even covering self-criticism. I know you can relate. You know the things that you say to yourself when you look in the mirror, when you're triggered, and when you can't get everything done. My point is that you have words stuck in your head and in your speech patterns that generate emotions on autopilot. And most of these emotions are not ones that you would pick off the positive feelings menu. So why do we use these words instead of becoming little verbal architects who intentionally choose emotional adjectives, self-labels, and empowering statements that lift us up? Here's the problem, my friend. Words are intangible and embedded in our subconscious mind. Instead of putting mental effort into language, our human nature is to look to external things to make us feel safer, happier, comforted, and wanted. We look to other people, our physical environment, the things we don't have. We're steeped in a culture and marketing that conditions you to think, if I just had that experience, that person, the right body, that house, or that thing, I would feel better. So it's not your fault. You're not told about the power of your words. 
If anything, you're told to be afraid of the power of your words because they might offend or hurt someone or get you in trouble at work. So not paying attention to your words feeds your dependency on materialism, coping mechanisms, and the fickle mood of your husband, child, or boss. You sit back waiting in your comfort zone because in a sense, your power switch is turned off. It's like baking a recipe for a cake that you want over and over again, only to be constantly missing a key ingredient like eggs, flour, or sugar. Well, this sucked again. I guess this is just how it is. And you surrender to it. When we don't pay attention to our words, it becomes a blind spot to what's in our hearts. And if we want to grow in friendship with Christ, we need to take an undistorted look into our own hearts. My friend, what do your words tell you about your heart? At this point, you might be thinking, well, Stacy, this sounds pretty negative. Is there any hope? Absolutely. What if you could use words to your advantage to fuel you and how you want to see the world? What if you can harness your power in simple ways to feel good and accomplish more? Yes. Imagine if you spoke only words of encouragement, praise, forgiveness, positivity, and truth. To be able to shift in this positive direction, I first want to share with you some fascinating brain science. So to do this, I want to do a really quick little activity. And I know you might be walking or driving, so maybe you want to make a note to come back to this in a little bit. But I'm just going to keep going through this because I want you to have this reflection. So what I want you to do is to write down all the emotions you typically feel at least once a week. So think about a typical week you're moving through, morning, midday, evening. What are all the typical emotions that you feel as you move through an average week for yourself? And be honest. Okay. So if you need time for this, just pause and come on back. How many words did you write down? And how many emotions were negative? How many were positive? In studies, 90% of people write down an average of about 12 words. And out of the 3,000 words we have for emotions... Most people list less than six to describe good feelings. And this is important because a single negative word can increase activity in the amygdala. That's the fear center of your brain. It can release stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. It can interrupt brain functioning and partially shut down logic and reasoning in that part of your brain. And that's just a single negative word. Now, on the flip side, positive words like peace and love can alter the expression of genes, can strengthen areas in your frontal lobes, and promote the brain's cognitive functioning. The longer you concentrate on positive words, the more you affect other areas of the brain and you change, for the better, your perception of yourself and the people you interact with. 
Now, to take this a little further, and this is fascinating, I want to tell you about the vibrational effect of words. There was a Japanese scientist, Dr. Masuru Emoto, and for over 20 years, he studied the scientific evidence of how the molecular structure in water transforms when it's exposed to human words, thoughts, sounds, and intentions. So this is the question. Do our thoughts and words physically impact us in our environment? So here's what he did. He poured pure water into vials labeled, I hate you. And he sent negative vibes, negative language, talking to these vials of pure water, mind you. And after 24 hours, he checked back. And they were frozen, but there were no crystals. Right? There's no, no picture like a snowflake, beautiful water crystals, what they're constructed with naturally. It just wasn't there. So then he put polluted water into vials labeled, I love you and peace. And he sent positive vibes and thoughts and emotions and words towards these vials with polluted water. And after 24 hours, he found that they were frozen in perfectly beautiful hexagonal crystals. Amazing. So the experiment proved that energy generated by positive or negative words can change the physical structure of an object. And what does this mean for us? Well, think about it. How many times a day do you say things like, I look fat, I'm so stupid, I'm stressed, I'm just, I can't do this, I hate doing this. These words bring negative energy into our vibration and affect us on a physical level. And vibration travels through water four times faster than it does through air. And guess what? Your body is over 70% water. The more we hear, read, or speak a word or phrase, the more power it has over us. Why? The brain uses repetition to learn. It seeks patterns and consistency to make sense of the world. Repetition is the most powerful tool to imprint something into your mind and keep it there. That's what condition new beliefs means. So if you've ever worked with me, you know that is one of the things I talk about quite often to help facilitate your transformation is conditioning new beliefs. That's what it is. It's the repetition, just like you would go to a gym and you would exercise the same muscle over and over again consistently to build it stronger. Same thing in your brain. What you are repeatedly exposed to becomes stronger. Right? And there's even an illusion of truth effect. And this is where there's so much power if you choose to be in the driver's seat with this. So any statement we read, see, or speak regularly is seen as more valid than one we're exposed to only occasionally. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether the info is true or false, only how often we're exposed to it. And this makes sense, right? If you think about someone who maybe watches a certain news channel, they've been listening to something right out there in the world. And you think, how does this person believe that? How do they get? It's because they were repeatedly exposed to it. And that's what the brain does. It will believe 
what you continually put into it. Consider how many times you falsely called yourself stupid, untalented, ugly, or anything negative. And you begin to understand this now, how your internal message shapes a false self-image. You start to think these things about yourself that it's reality, but it's not. And you don't have to feel like it is either. Words are the key. The English language has about 500,000 words in it, but the average person's working vocabulary is only 2,000 words. That's only a half percent of the entire language. And now our brains are working at high speed to process info and become more efficient. And so as a result, we're going to use the same vocabulary over and over again. It's just the pursuit of efficiency. We're going to take shortcuts, but they shortchange us emotionally. We don't have the range of richness of these words that can help us feel differently. Right? And whatever word that you attach to your experience becomes your experience. So for example, if you use the word devastating, that's going to produce a different biochemical effect than I'm a bit disappointed. See where we're starting to get some power here in the words we choose? So now I want to give you three specific change tactics, three ways to start using your words to be empowered, to feel better, to amp up your energy and do more. Okay, so solution number one, expand your vocabulary. And this is super simple. This is not something you got to sit down for hours a day to do. What I want you to do is choose three to five new words that spark the positive emotions you want to feel each day. So for example, let's say you want to feel energized you might choose to practice thinking and speaking the words electric, brilliant, invigorated, and thrilled. Work that into your conversation. Somebody asks you how you're doing. Brilliant. How are you feeling right now? Speak it to yourself. I'm feeling electric. I'm feeling invigorated. It's still the afternoon. I'm still rocking along. Work in those different words to how you talk to yourself and how you answer other people. Solution number two, use a phrase that feels lighter or more amusing. So some examples for you. Let's say angry. We're all familiar with angry. I'm pissed, right? Well, let's change that. What if you said, I'm kind of peeved. Instead of saying good, oh, there's a whole other range we could use here. I'll give you an example. Coming out of Costco, which isn't always a fun experience given how incredibly crowded it is, especially if you're pulling along three children with you who want to touch and consume everything, right? So I've paid and I'm walking out of Costco and just waiting in the line for the person to check my receipt. And the, the associate asks the customer in front of me, hey, how you doing? And he says, I'm living the dream. It's like, wow, what a good answer. Instead of saying, okay, I'm fine, doing just okay. He says, I'm living the dream, which in fact we are. (laughs) So I love that. Change how you answer. It's not good, not fine. It's I'm living the dream. Or how about this one? Instead of saying, I have a problem. What if you said, I have a challenge? 
instead of saying, I can't eat sugar, you could say, I'm the kind of person who chooses healthy foods. You see, that's an identity shift there. All right, and solution number three, reframe your weakness. Choose new words that flip this around for you. So for example, if you're disorganized, why not say I'm creative? If you're stubborn, maybe that just means you're determined. If you're inconsistent, that means you're flexible. If you're shy, it means you're reflective. Irresponsible, well, why couldn't that mean that you're adventurous? You're obnoxious. <laughs> How about enthusiastic? See, so you can change even your weakness. You're choosing the power of your words. And remember, they have a biochemical effect. They are manifested physically in your body. And of course, they affect your emotions. All right, so those are just three out of 11 total change tactics I have, but not to overwhelm you here. The three that I want you to focus on now for immediate change is expand your vocabulary, use a phrase that feels lighter, and reframe your weakness by choosing how it could be a strength. What will you change? All right, my friend, you just amped up your power for more joy and energy just from intentionally using a few different words in your daily thoughts and conversations. Now, I shared with you three out of the 11 solutions I have to make your words work for you, not against you. If you'd like the key points and all 11 solutions so your words build you and others up, I've got a PDF tool for you. Just contact me at stacy at stacysantiago.com or DM me on Facebook and I will send you that link. If you know you want to wake up with the hope and energy for the day, if you want to feel like your life is on track and you are the mom and wife you want to be, but you're not sure exactly what you need to get there, you're not alone. Let me show you some love by helping you define clearly the tools and inner work you need to make the spiritual, emotional, physical, and relational improvements you deeply desire. In just one simple step of booking a call with me, you change the tide from going it alone to allowing me and the Lord to care for you and provide a solution. And you can grab a time on my calendar through the link at the top right of stacysantiago.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. And by the way, if you've ever got a question you'd like to ask me, I'm a real human. I respond personally on Facebook where you can find me at Stacy Santiago and send me a DM. And you can also email me directly at stacy at stacysantiago.com. I always look forward to hearing from listeners like you. So don't hesitate. I want to see your name in my messages soon. Coming up next week on the show, we're diving into a sensitive topic, feeling alone. It's incredibly vulnerable to admit to someone that you feel lonely. But we need to bring this to light because so many of you beautiful listeners do feel alone in some sense. And there's a deep desire to be understood, supported, and connected with your husband, family members, or friends. I'm going to lay out a plan for you to feel connected and wanted, even if you feel alone right now. So go share the show with your friends and let them know that's coming up next week and invite them to tune in with you and learn how to connect with God, be happy at home, and do meaningful work too. 
I'll see you back here next week, my friend. And until then, celebrate that you are one step closer to living your right ordered life.